Welcome into a Thursday, a very busy Thursday here at the Browns Training Complex in Berea, Ohio. I'm Jason Gibbs. He's Nick Shook. He's Andrew Gribble. We are getting you ready for Browns and Jets. This is the best podcast available. Game preview, episode three of the season. Because we figure episode one is a preview, episode two is a recap, and now we're back to the preview yet Again, we get ready for Monday Night Football. The Browns looking for their first win of the season. Uh, it, it's been a week, guys. And technically, it's the Wednesday workout, according to Freddie. So uh, we're all discombobulated, and we're working our way through it. But uh, a lot of guys talked in the locker room today, uh, making some headlines. And Changing narratives. Ch- <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how I'll describe it. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough, uh, and it was uh, it was interesting. Uh, there was a little something missing today, obviously, uh, and we'll get to that here as we get a little bit further into the podcast. Christian Kirksey sits down with Andrew Gribble, and we'll give you our keys to the game on Monday night. But uh, Baker at the podium today, Odell at the podium. Uh, this is a group of guys that know that they've got a lot of things to clean up after Sunday's uh, Sunday's tough loss. Yeah, I mean, it's the, it's the best time possible to have an extra practice. I mean, they got a full extra practice in this week on Tuesday, uh, went into the off day thinking about that, and then come back today for really what is your most intensive practice of the week. And I, I think that this team needs all the work you can get after a performance like they had in the season opener. You lose by 30 in the way you did in a really sloppy game that you really can't really point to much that you did great in that game. Uh, you need all the work you can get, especially going into an environment like this one on Monday where – it's again, it's not you're not going to be gearing yourself up thinking about how great this opponent is in the New York Jets, but that just puts more pressure and more focus on what you have to do well, and that's going to test kind of the where this team is at mentally. Yeah, I think the only way that you can ensure success uh, or as close to a chance of success as you would like uh, on that stage is, is just through preparation. And luckily, you get that extra day, and hopefully, that you know they're maximizing that it seems as though they are and uh and we'll be able to use that to clean up some of the issues and mistakes that they made you know in week one and hope that it doesn't happen again you know you're not going to win football games committing 18 penalties but i'm i'm ready and i'm sure they're very ready or already past it to get past saying the number 18 in regards to penalties hopefully it doesn't happen again well and i would think you know there are going to be penalties that are committed whether it's Penalties we actually commit or ones that the referees think we committed that we really didn't commit. It's going to happen one way or the other, uh, you know, probably probably between five and ten, and you want to be a lot closer to five than you do ten. Right. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't want to be near double digits. No. And you, the, the amount that the Browns had in the first half uh, on Sunday was a bad game, and then the second half happened. I mean, yeah. you, I mean that's, <laughs> that's the issue. I mean, you, you had enough penalties in the first half to say we had a sloppy game. And you need to be around two or three per half, and hopefully avoiding. You'll take the the holds, the offsides, the the you know the neutral zone infractions, things like that. It's the fifteen yarders, the unsportsmanlike that are completely in your control, uh, and getting avoiding those. Those are the ones you just take out those from Sunday's game, and it's a pretty sloppy game, but it's not a historically sloppy game. Yeah, going back and watching that game, I thought a lot of those fifteen yarders, those unsportsmanlikes, were the product of guys probably just getting caught too much in, in the emotion and in the moment of the game. 
And, you know, for a much anticipated season and being at home and the energy that was in that building that day, that's understandable, but that can't happen again because this is going to be just as an energetic stadium. The only difference will be they won't have the home crowd support behind them. They'll be the enemy walking into enemy turf and trying to come out with a victory. So maybe they'll use that to their advantage, but really they got to keep a level head and uh, not get caught up in the moment. And uh, there will be opportunities as one Greg Williams will be welcoming them in. Yes. Not with open arms. Let's just put it that way. Uh, if, if Anything specific that you took away from this week's availability so far? Is there anything that stood out to you? Anything in the locker room vibe-wise? I mean, all things considered, they were pretty upbeat after today's practice. I think that there is a general sentiment that they are very sick of talking about last week's game. You hear that from Freddie as well. Uh, today, like when he gets any questions that reference last week's game, he he brings up the fact he really doesn't want to talk about this game anymore. They've they've kind of adopted that they watched that film and they flushed it and they've they've kind of embraced that mentality. And I I think that it, it was interesting today. It's unavoidable to for this team to not know that Sam Darnold isn't playing in this game on on, on Monday. Correct. And they found out that news just like we all did right before their practice today. So. They know that going in. I almost think it's better that you get it out of the way earlier in the week because if it happened later, then you all maybe some of these younger guys get that false boost of confidence from that. You've got a few days now to flush out that mentality and being like, you know, this guy could still Trevor Simeon could still beat you. Like so I think it's good to get that that out of the way, get the the initial reaction that all the fans have that are like, Oh wow, this is a game the Browns should definitely win. So I think it's good to get out of the way and I think that they know already that it's been drilled into their heads for the last few hours from coaching and everything that the injury to Darnold doesn't matter at all. You know, I might be in the minority on this, but I don't have as high of an opinion of Sam Darnold as I think the average person does. Um, I think he's got the potential to be a very good quarterback, but I don't think he's there yet. And I don't think the drop-off from Sam Darnold to Trevor Simeon is as substantial as one might make it out to be, especially if you're talking to people who are in the New York media because, you know, you get that kind of push where they want that guy to be the next guy. I don't really know if he's that guy yet. So I think that it's an, it's an advantage that this is coming out today because they get another couple of days to prepare to play against a guy like Trevor Simeon. I'm not saying he's better, but I just don't think the gap between the two is as substantial as people are making it out to be. And, and I think you can avoid um, maybe coasting or some pitfalls or, or going into the game and going, oh, well, we, we have to play his backup. There are only 32 starters, and there are 32 backups. They're, those are the 64 best quarterbacks on the planet right now. They're still really good. Is the injury worth noting? Is the C.J. Mosley injury more important maybe than the Sam Darnold injury? I think it one? is. Yeah. I think it is yeah. by far. Because you look at what happened last week with the Bills and the Jets game, they were shutting them out, and the defense at one point had all their points with a, a touchdown and a safety. C.J. Mosley's a really good player, as Baker Mayfield learned at the end of last year's uh, season finale. Uh, perennial Pro Bowler that the Ravens probably would have loved to kept, but they couldn't afford. The Jets paid him a ton of money, and Greg Williams likes having we, – we saw how much he loved Joe Schobert. He loves having a guy in the middle of his defense that can do a lot of different things, and C.J. Mosley's really good at covering and, and really good in coverage. So uh, he is a, a – it, it completely changed the game when he came out. Buffalo all of a sudden turned into a team that could score, uh, and, they, and they won the game because of it. So I, I think that while losing the quarterback is such a huge loss for a team, Adam Gase has won a lot of games with some bad quarterbacks. So I, I don't – I think he can get Simeon prepared for this game, but I don't know if there is a way to replace C.J. Mosley in this defense, especially they've lost Avery Williamson for the season. They've had a number of other different injuries. They could be without Quinn and Williams. They, 
they they've got a lot of guys banged up, and uh, we saw we saw this team last year. Those games that Joe Schobert was out, there was a big difference on that yep. defense. And uh, I think that Mosley is a really good player. Yeah, linebacker dependent scheme that uh, it, you know, with if Mosley were to be out, they're also without Avery Williamson. Uh, who was a key player on their defense last year, and so they're they're thin at the position if if Mosley's out. And I think, like Gribble said, it's it's a it's a massively different uh, defense that you're looking at then because they're a defensive front. You know, three def- down linemen and a linebacker. Um, and if you're already thin at linebacker, you you know what you got up front. But if Quinn Williams is also hurt, you're thinner there. Really, the strength of the defense then exists at the safety position. So that's the last line of defense. They're gonna have to bring him up. It could create opportunities for big plays. It could also open up things underneath because those players just aren't at the same level so there is some potential for the Browns to really get this offense going which they couldn't do in week one regardless of whether Mosley is playing or not I do not think this defense as a whole is as good as Tennessee's defense was last year Tennessee had three very good rangy athletic linebackers who made thing who made you know created headaches for Baker Mayfield last week and I don't think that New York has that same personnel and especially does not if Mosley can't play on the Brown side of things how concerning is it that right now we know of two healthy tackles <laughs> on the yeah. roster. And Lamb didn't practice. It doesn't sound promising. We don't have anything official. But right now you've got two tackles on your roster. And after what happened last week on the offensive line, are you maybe a little surprised that we haven't gone out and made a move for a tackle? I'm surprised, but it might also be a reflection on the – the tackle the market. market there there's yeah. just aren't these guys just don't exist no. and be yeah. unemployed at this time of year it's tough it's really hard to even yeah. find a premier or near premier tackle in the nfl right now let alone somebody that you think you could just sign and plop in there in case of emergency i mean that's why you spend the money to go get a backup guy like a kendall lamb it's unfortunate that he's hurt i also think that justin mccray could be called into duty in case of emergency he did it last week and maybe we'll see a different activated group of offensive linemen this week than we did last week. all right so to follow up Playing for Campen in the past yeah. has to be a big help for him if he's going to make that transition to tackle. That had to be a major factor in why he was activated for week one as opposed to some of the other players. I mean, he was he was active over uh, Austin Corbin and I believe Wyatt Teller yes. as well. So that tells you everything you need to know right there. He's more familiar with the system. He can step in and do it quicker. And probably there's an element of trust there that, hey, I know what this guy can do. When they ended up shifting him over to the right tackle, he wasn't great, but he did have a couple nice blocks that set up some things. Obviously, the Browns offense shot themselves in the foot so much with penalties that it really didn't matter or shine through. But there were moments there where he showed he could be capable, um, you know, replacement level or, you know, enough to plug the hole for now. And, and right now, as it stands, we don't even have to talk about that. So I don't think it's as big of a concern. It can become one. But like Gribble said, I think it's more indicative of the tackle market and the lack of uh, available options well, and more than anything. You have some guys out there that know the system that you're clearly not interested in. Brad Seaton's on yeah. the Tampa Bay uh, practice squad. Uh, Finia Ganafo and, uh, and Born Call are nowhere right now. They're not on any rosters right now. That was good. Finia, That's <laughs> I, good. pretty good. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, those are, those are guys that are available, but – Clearly not interested at the moment to to fill those spots. So I, I guess you just roll with McCray and hope for no injuries or ejections. All right. Uh, yeah. Hopefully no ejections <laughs> yeah. this week. No kicking anybody. I think Greg Robinson's learned his lesson. I don't think there'll be any more of that. Are there any other injuries right now on this team that concern you? I don't know about concern, but I think it's clear that Adarius Taylor is going to miss some time. Uh, but that I, I was asked last. I was asked in my mailbag yesterday about why Jannard Avery was inactive for this game, and you look at the snaps the way they were distributed there just wasn't a place for him. And I think that you played Kirksey and Schobert every snap. 
you played a Darius Taylor three snaps, and that was it for the linebackers. No other linebackers saw the field on defense, and your backup pass rushers, Chris Smith and Chad Thomas, had less than 10 snaps apiece. So this is a defense that's going to go with its elite guys, and if you're not able to help out on a variety of special teams, which Avery has in the past, but I think they found a guy in Malik Jefferson that can fill those roles at a pretty high level, uh, that's what's going to make you inactive. Now, would Jannard Avery be inactive this week? I'd be very surprised because you got some injured guys. So I think that you're going to have a- Avery available for you. It's just a matter of how you use him. But Taylor's the one guy that's hurt that I imagine won't be available. Dontrell Hilliard, it makes me wonder if you're going to have to bring up a running back by, by game time on Monday. Elijah McGuire, former Jet, he's on the practice squad, uh, could be an option. Uh, and then the one that I'll keep an eye on is Rashard Higgins, just because I think they missed him in the second half of, of, of Sunday's game. I, I think that he's a really good player. Ratley is fine. He missed a lot of the preseason. Like there's The chemistry is just not as on that level. Rashard Higgins is a really good receiver because – he has had he does he's not gifted with the set, same set of skills that Jarvis Lane or Nodell have, but he has gotten uh, better because of his chemistry with Baker. And I think that he was definitely missed. He was a key presence on that opening drive. Uh, so if you can have him back, that'll be huge for the offense. Yeah, I agree with all these points. I, I mean, yeah, top to bottom. Yeah, uh, the one guy that you know, unfortunately, we're not sure will be there or not, and clearly is has had a, a pretty devastating week uh, would be Chris Smith. And the loss of his girlfriend uh, after a after a vehicle wreck late night Tuesday night into Wednesday morning. Uh, they have a newborn; she's just a few weeks old, and uh, just a, it was a horrible day in this building yesterday. There, and there's no other way really to put it. You just felt sick to your stomach all day. Um, the the team has really rallied. And Freddie has talked about that. A lot of the guys in the locker room had something to say about that. And that's what I meant when we started the podcast. There there was a little something missing in the locker room today. Guys have turned the page to New York. but And, you know, there's some laughing and, and there's some joking around, but there was something missing today. And I, I think a lot of it has to do with Chris Smith and the personality and what he brings to this football team. And, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with him. And, you know, Godspeed. In, in terms of being able to get back, but he's got to come back when he's ready to come back. And there's a lot of other things that are way more important than football right now that are going on in his world. Yeah, Freddie said it best that, you know, we're, we're all here to uh, – we, we cover football. You know, they play football. They coach football. That it's, it's the main part of their lives, but football is not number one. You know, life hits you sometimes. gives you some perspective. It makes yeah. you realize that football is not the end-all, be-all. And yep. Moments like this will make you realize that. Yeah, and I got into it with Kirksey a little bit, but I mean, we fans all know who Chris Smith is. I think by this point, the, the yeah. diehards especially, he's a, he's been a key part of this defense the last two years. But you know, we all see it. We travel with the team. We see him in the locker room every day. Like this is the definition of the most infectious personality in this entire locker room. I mean, I, I I've always lobbied that he would maybe be a dark horse candidate for a captain on this team because he's so vocal. He's just like kind of always has the pulse of the locker room, friends with everyone. Uh, and clearly you, you hear from Baker. I think Baker knows Chris really well and that he's on defense and the defensive line is really tight. I think he's really close to Devlin Lawrence, Larry Ogunjobi, Christian Kirks. I mean, this guy, since he's arrived here last year, has really just made his presence felt a guy that truly loves being around this team and, and loves playing the game. And uh, I, I I can't wait to see him back in here when he's when he's ready to go, but certainly no rush. I mean, this is a, a serious thing to get through. Yeah, our thoughts are with his girlfriend's family and him, his family, of course, as well. 
and, and you know we just wish the best for him and take take what you need time wise to get back on the field. You talked about it with Christian Kirksey and the game coming up on Sunday, a number of other things. Uh, your big takeaway from talking to Kirko? He seems locked in. I think that they he's been. <laughs> Kirko's been around for a lot of bad losses, yes, he uh, but he hasn't been around on a team that he, I think, believes, though, that th- this this team is capable of, of being so much better than that. I think that's what made, for some of these guys that have been around a while, I think that's a, what made this loss hurt a little bit more, is that they've played better games with way less talent. So I think they know the talent's there. It's just a matter of actually showing up this time. All right, with that, have a listen. Andrew Gribble with Christian Kirksey. All right, Christian, obviously you guys had some, some tough news over the last 24 hours. I know you're, you're pretty close with Chris Smith. How is the team coping with this and, and helping Chris through this really tough time right now? Uh, you know, just being there uh, as much as we can, being supportive of him, um, you know, asking if he needs anything, him or his family. Uh, you know, his family first. You know, uh, we're a football team, but, you know, real life happens outside of football, so you got to make sure you're there for your brothers, uh, your teammates, and um, – you know, just be with him in his time of need when it is hard, uh, you know, with just football alone. But, you know, just family issues, that's, that's always tough. So you got to you know, stick with him and uh, be alongside with him. A lot of Browns fans know Chris Smith. They don't get to see what he's like in the locker room here, and we see him all the time. He's like the happiest guy on, on earth. I mean, what is he? what has he meant to this group since he came to this team? For you? He just, you know, keep everything balanced, man. Uh, no matter how hard the situation is with him, you know, he's always having a smile on his face. and. You know, always keeping guys energized and, you know, just being a, being a guy that you can look to to, you know, make everything feel at ease around here. Uh, you know, he has great energy and uh, people love to uh, be around that. How do you think the team has come back to practice today and, and just getting getting ready for another big game here? I think we responded well. Um, you know, when we know our brother's going through something, you know, we ramp up the intensity, uh, plan for something bigger than us. Uh, you know, we, 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 we're playing for him, playing for, you know, his situation, uh, playing for his family. And, you know, it's just to add a piece of motivation uh, for us. So uh, I thought we responded well. It came out on the field and uh, did what we had to do. How much does an extra practice in a week like this matter for you guys? Uh, you know, it helped with the preparation. You know, anytime you can get a, another jump, uh, another read on an opponent, uh, it helps. You know, you want to take uh, advantage of the time and the opportunity and um, get as much studying in as you can. Did it help get the, the kind of the sour taste from last week out in a hurry maybe more because you guys started your preparations a little earlier? Uh, I think, you know, once we ended that game and, you know, watched film, uh, the last game was out of our heads and we we, we, we moving forward to, to the Jets and uh, we did that in a fast manner. For, for the defense, though, was it was it a, so, a solid effort for, through those first three quarters? Were you guys doing what you guys wanted to do in that game? Um, you know, we had we had a couple missed miss, uh plays um you know they have you know big players on us that you know is a determining factor of the game so um you know we didn't we didn't meet our goals that we wanted it and uh, therefore we didn't get the win is there a confidence going in that knowing you guys aren't going to go out there and commit 18 penalties again and you're still in, in a game like that we, we, we confident we confident uh with everything that we do um when you play aggressive things happen and you just got to move forward how do you like this matchup with the Jets? This is a team you guys were familiar with last year. A lot of the similar pieces out there. What what what, what do you see in that matchup? Uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good game. Uh, but I think the most physical, uh, sound, uh, intelligent team wins. Uh, Freddie always harps that. They always say you know you can't just go out there and just you know do whatever you want to do. You got to do 
you know, your job on the defense or offense and the special team and, you know, do it to the best of your ability and uh, be smart out there and uh, we will take care of everything that's needed to be taken care of. Are you a guy that will go up and talk to, to Greg before the game and, and kind of just see how he's doing before a kind of matchup like this? Uh, I mean, for me, you know, uh, I'll be in my own zone uh, before the game. Uh, actually, you know, do my, my, my daily routine that I go through to get prepared. Uh, so uh, I won't see Greg until uh, after the game. Uh, that's, that's pretty much how, you know, I go about my, my preparation. I know you were you were hurt last year during the second half season, but what was it like just to, to view what, what his impact was as a coach on this team in that interim role and kind of how that sense of momentum going into the season? I mean, you know, it, it, it was really just a matter of, you know, guys making up in their mind, you know, it's time to, you know, get things going. Uh, he, he would even say that, you know, it was just an attitude by the team. Um, I don't think it was no special formula or, you know, no special prep talk or anything like that. I think it was just – you know, the organization, the players, the coaches in, in, in one just, you know, turning it around in their mind. And, uh, you know, Greg is a good coach, um, you know, and I, I expect him to coach their defense well and, um, you know, get them ready for, for, for Monday, and then we'll, we'll be ready for Monday as well. What was the reaction we guys heard about Sam Darnold? And I know Freddie talked about how that doesn't change your preparation. Did you notice any change in preparation today? It, it, it didn't change our preparation, um, you know, uh, when we first heard about it, you know, whatever health issue he's, he's going through, um, obviously, you know, uh, prayers to him. But uh, we got to, you know, play the next man up. Uh, for us, you know, they're just, they're just, you know, jersey numbers. Um, you know, whoever's playing quarterback, whoever's playing, you know, tackle, regardless, you know, we, we had the same preparation uh, throughout the week um, and, you know, prepared like it was the number one starter. What do you do as – I know you've been in the league for a while – with these primetime games, how do you kill that time before a game? It seems like a long wait that morning of it and everything like that. You know, emotions flaring, you know, uh, anxiety. Uh, you, you know, you got to find a happy place, man. You got to find somewhere that you're going to be sane and find somewhere where you're going to, you know, have a balance. And for me, you know, I, I listen to a lot of music, man. Uh, you know, it just calms my soul, calms my spirit. Um, and then when it's time to, you know, get, you know, amped up, you know, I, I'll be there. Do you like these primetime games? You, got, you guys got three out of the next four. Yeah, you gotta you gotta love them, man. Um, prime time, you on the game playing uh, Monday night. Uh, you know it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time, and for 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 us, you know, big time players make big time plays and big time games. So you live for moments like that. Um, but you prepare for it, you know, the same way you do any other game. Um, you know, and you know, just be ready for it. Joel Batonio mentioned how it's a unique spot because, like, this is the one game that NFL players get to watch. I mean, is that something you you always make a point to? to- yeah, I mean, like I said, you you're on the game plan, you know, uh, national televised. You know, everybody is, is knows about Monday Night Football. You grew up, you know, uh, watching Monday Night since you was a kid, man. Uh, coming home from school, uh, knowing that football is playing on a Monday, uh, you know, everybody's tuned in, and uh, you know, it's going to be in New York, you know, a big city. Uh, it's going to be a good environment, uh, and you know, I, I think it's going to be you know a game where you know emotions are flaring. And you just got to embrace it and uh, enjoy the moment. Is that something, though, with the whole composure aspect, that that's something that has to be focused on after last week? Uh, whether it's Monday night, Sunday night, Thursday night, you know, penalties is unacceptable. So you always got to keep your composure to, to everything. And um, I think that, you know, we learned from it and we just got to move forward. Appreciate Kirko's time as we get ready for game day. Monday night, Monday night football. Browns and Jets going back 
We played the Ravens on Monday night. Uh, let's not talk about that game. No. Speaking of bad games. Yeah, that was, a, that we, was we, a game. That was a game. <laughs> that, that, that was a game. We've played on Monday night in a couple preseason games. Uh, but this one, uh, a little added emphasis. You know, Sheldon Richardson coming back to New York. I know Odell it was a giant, but coming back to New York. Same stadium. Same stadium. Uh, a lot of storylines. And you hate to throw out the whole must win, but let's be honest. This team needs a win, and they need one quickly. And it's it's a pretty good opportunity on paper right now to go get this one on Monday night. Yeah, it, and you know it is. And and with some of the news that we've gotten, it sure seems like maybe this one's you know set up to go the Browns' way. But at the same time, we can't catch ourselves thinking that it's going to be easy. You know, any given Sunday and all that jazz. Uh, we all know how that goes, but. It does seem like, you know, with some of the potential players who may be out, because Le'Veon Bell, you know, also had an MRI in his shoulder. and, yeah, and We haven't even gotten to that. Yeah, exactly. And and so he missed this the practice today, which might be more of a rest and heal than anything, but still something to monitor. Obviously, Sam Darnold's out. C.J. Mosley is questionable at this point. We don't know what his status is going to be for the game. Um, it, it just seems like, man, these are the breaks you need. But then again, this team shouldn't need these breaks. That's I think that's the point I should stress here is that this team should not need these breaks and need these favors or whatever you might want to call to go their way to be able to win a game because there's enough talent on this team. I mean, there's that that was one of the most frustrating things about week one was you know that there's enough talent on this team to get things going and and then they really didn't for the majority of the game. Again, you hope that they learn from it and they clean it up and that they utilize that talent on their team to come out and get a fast start and uh, maybe force an early turnover to take the crowd out of it a little bit. That's usually the formula for any road game. Uh, play a little bit more conservatively, I think, and uh, play within your means and hopefully come away with a win. You know, I'm going to go back to 2015, Monday night, because oh, there's some parallels to that game. You Man. you brought in a, a bad Baltimore Ravens team. Yeah. Came into the game 3-7. and seven. Granted, you were 2-8, and eight, so this was... ESPN's marketing ability for that game had it was really tested. I can remember John was, Gruden in that booth next door to us. Yeah. And him coming in going, What are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you look Just at us before the flex. You look at the box score and it's literally a who's who of who's that. I mean, there there's names on here that I've not heard for years. Austin they not, Davis. They've not done much. But to draw a parallel, you brought in a quarterback in Matt Schaub. Matt Schaub, who's oh. at Trevor Simeon's status at this time, and he beat you. Granted, he didn't do that great. He had a couple interceptions, including a pick six. Carlos Dansby returned that for a touchdown. But the Ravens had two special teams touchdowns in that game, including the final one and a, and a, and a couple field goals. And that's all they needed to beat you. So, in sum, you have to take – you can't just say they have the worst quarterback, we are going to beat them, because weird stuff can happen in these games. Tennessee didn't have a left tackle. Yeah, really I mean, weird, weird Actually, stuff can happen, and all of a sudden you, you look down and a guy named Kamar Aiken's catching a touchdown pass on you. Oh, good old I mean, Kamar So, Aiken. I mean, like this is – Kalen Clay is returning a punt for a touchdown. Will Hill weird, taking it, the kickback, right? You, you, there may be some guys in this game who are never relevant again, but they can beat you on this night. So you just – there's – I understand that the, the, the gamblers have loaded up on the Browns now. The line has gone uh, uh, much higher. But it, this, is, this is all about the Browns not beating the Browns. You just have to, be, you have to be better. Be the better team, and don't let any of this nonsense make you think that you can just go in there and get a, a victory. The <laughs> Browns will win Monday night if they do blank. Gribble. <laughs> 
uh, I mean, play to their potential. That's I mean, because they didn't last week. You just have to be what we think you're what you're supposed to be with this amount of talent uh, and a team that plays with a normal amount of penalties and a, a normal uh, and only a normal amount of mistakes in a game. That should be good enough to win this game. You are you are the significantly more talented team, and, and you should be jazzed up to go play on Monday Night Football in a stadium that I, I think a lot of people will be excited to play. I don't think the we've been to MetLife before. Not the biggest home field advantage. No, uh, it's just you. You should be able to go in there. The atmosphere shouldn't be bothering you, and you should go get a win. I thought I thought this team played some of its best games on the road last year. Maybe this is a road a, a, a roster that likes playing on the road. So just play up to your potential. You win the game. Sure. I think that they'll benefit from being the enemy. I really do. But I think the Browns will win if they rush for uh, over 125 yards and do it in 20 carries or so. Because Give the ball to Nick Chubb. That was one thing they just didn't do enough of in week one was establish the run. The penalties didn't help with that because it put them behind the sticks and sure. forced them to throw. But you need to run the ball more than they did. You need to balance your offense a little bit more and stop taking so many shots downfield. And I think they'll do that this week. I think that starts with handing the ball to Nick Chubb. So especially, again, if C.J. Mosley is out, that really improves your chances of ripping up some big gains up the middle. All right, guys, final thoughts here. Uh, thoughts on the kicking game. We have a rookie kicker mm. and we have a rookie punter. Didn't make a lot of news last week because of the fact that we got beat as badly as we did, but we did miss an extra point. Well, that being said, our rookie punter Jamie Gillen had himself a pretty good day. Had a, had a good day, but if we want to bring any heat on any kickers, the Jets are also trotting out a different kicker this week. Kicker number four yeah. on the season. So it, kicking pressure is abound everywhere. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's on Austin Seibert, who did bounce back and made a second PAT. And and it's on everybody else involved, but it's not just on Austin, which is good. But yeah, Jamie had a great game, I think. He's good. I mean, first punt was not his best. No, but, they, but he got a, a very a very fortunate role in that yeah. one. But he made it so they didn't return a single one of his punts. And if you do that, you've had a good day. I mean, that's the you don't even need your coverage units to go to work. And I think he 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 did a very good job. And I don't think the the atmosphere is going to get to him on on this night. No, not at all. All right, that's going to wrap things up. We will talk to you on Tuesday after a long flight home and a long day coming on Tuesday, hopefully celebrating the Browns' first win of the season. Make sure that you subscribe to this podcast, the best podcast available. Give us a nice rating if you like. If you don't like us, still give us a rating, whatever. You took the time, we'll appreciate it. For Andrew Gribble, for Nick Shook, I'm Jason Gibbs. This has been the best podcast available.